hello, and welcome to the Cartoncast. This is an unshelled segment. It is different from our normal uh, audio enjoyable, audio enjoyability pro- program. Those are words. Yep, <laughs> the fine words. My name is Zane, and not Ben today is is Ethan. Ethan, close to Ben. This is very similar. I met a couple Bens. I think I've got Ben down. How many Bens have you met? Like five. That's That seems about right. That's it's about the not... average Benitude. Um, but the reason that Ben is not here is because I could not uh, convince him to watch the show we're talking about today, which is Gravity Falls. And, uh, it's a damn shame. It's a damn shame. Ben and I have gotten to this point in our... Um, cartoon in, in our relationship where we can kind of only communicate through cartoons and so there's like an informal hierarchy of how it works so if i one of us can recommend something to each other and we can say okay yeah maybe don't check it out send a link don't check it out after like the third or fourth time it's, they, it's, he's he's con- he's Conceded, conceded the right to, he's conceded to watch the, right the to show. Talk. Yeah, he's conceded the right to talk about it uh, and so i have to drag you on because you uh you didn't introduce me to the show per se. I was aware of it, but you uh, supported the idea of me watching it, and I did not look back. Yes. That is a good thing. So why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got into Gravity Falls, and then we'll talk about the show itself. Well, from my earlier years on Tumblr, I seem to come across a lot of Gravity oh, you, Falls things. You, you poor man. <laughs> yeah, we were all misguided in college at one point or another. <laughs> Uh, you know, you see a bunch of Tumblr posts about Gravity Falls and Gravity Falls characters, and then one day I was really bored, no good video games to play, watched everything I wanted to on Netflix, Hulu, everything else. We have every streaming service, because my girlfriend's a monster. Um, <laughs> this is, that is the only sentence we have about your girlfriend. We can leave it there. <laughs> That's great. I think it'll be great. That's all the audience knows. Um. So I was like, I heard this was a good show. Maybe I'll check it out. Um, so I watched like the first couple episodes and then watched the entire first season. Yeah, that's in, how it happened. In pretty much a single sitting. Mm-hmm. Uh, loved it. <laughs> the humor was subtle. I feel like it was the kind of humor I enjoy more than in your face. Uh, yeah, I've, I've noticed... I don't know what the causes are. I've noticed a distinct change in the way that humor works in cartoons since, like, the late 2000s. Yeah. Um, it's, it's getting a lot more subtle, so you actually almost have to pay attention a lot more to get it. It's, yeah. it's getting more, like, British-styled humor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, if you're not paying attention, everything they're saying sounds normal. Yeah, and then the, if you, the listen, if you the, listen to the words... <laughs> the joke's not in the primary text. It's in the sub or even sub-subtext. Yes. Um, so Gravity Falls, it, it ran from 2012 to 2016, ended just last year, uh, on Disney and then Disney XD. Is, I don't know what that is. Is that like just extra Disney? I figured. I assumed it was like that smiley face that people do. Yeah. That emoticon thing. Yeah. Get XD. Um, so even though it ran for four years, it only had two seasons. I, I, as I understand it, each episode took a long time to be completed, but it was worth it was worth the wait. It's it's a very high quality show. The the way I heard them describe it was they released half seasons because seasons are like twenty two episodes long, which isn't abnormal for a cartoon or even like longer running sitcom style shows, but it was. Done in like half seasons, and every half season has some kind of 
mini finale sort of thing going on. Yeah, there was a definite sense of plot arcs. You know, the the dynamic the dynamic literary curve uh, yes. had a nice triangle shape, which ended up being very relevant <laughs> Incredibly relevant. The triangles are important, guys. We, we can't overstate this enough. Yes. The um, Illuminati's real. And the show was made by Alex Hirsch, who also voices several main characters. Uh, he had previously worked on the Marvelous Misadventures of Flapjack, which was a show that a lot of other creators, like uh, Regular Show and Adventure Time, worked on. So I think that's probably the epicenter of where this new breed of comedy came from. It was. It kind of broke the mold. It was the first cartoon show I remember that was really... That came about like after cartoon shows kind of started getting dumbed down on the violence and the weirdness. Yeah. <laughs> like, in Looney Tunes, people are just literally beating the crap out of each other. And everybody loved it. And Top all, quality. And then they're just like, no, you can't teach kids to beat up their pets. And then you're like... Wow, these kind of these cartoons don't don't seem so good anymore. And then Flapjack was just like, let's get weird with it. <laughs> we can't punch anyone, but let's like rub sponges on them and see how they yeah. react. Let's give a like disgusting visualization of the foot burn, <laughs> just the foot sunburn. Oh, it's... Um, but yeah, the the show had this general idea you know it, it was offered to be extended longer but alex hirsch wanted to let it end naturally and not keep it resurrected as a zombie shell of its former self a full grown uh, full grown conclusion that i thought was a really good idea even though i am immensely sad about it <laughs> it could have kept going forever and i would have absolutely loved it but it stopped when it should have yeah and it sort of it shows that he respects it as a work of art rather than just a vehicle for, Money. hey, I have some funny ideas that I want to get out. Yeah. Um, which is why we'll have a slight spoiler policy for our recording of this. Also because I Ben will listen to this episode before <laughs> he bothers to go watch any of it. He's a fool. So I want him to like experience it fresh. You know, I don't want to ruin him on some things. Yeah, if you're Ben, stop stop listening here. Any Ben, even no, keep Probably. keep listening. We just won't reveal the last, I guess, quarter of the plot. Sure, yeah, I think that's good. So we won't tell you who J.K. Simmons voices. You'll have to figure that out on your own. Mm-hmm. IMDb won't even tell you. Wait, really? Yeah, that's great. It's, it's actually it's, it's partially <laughs> mysterious. It's partially hidden even on IMDb. <laughs> okay, so the hiddenness and this sort of roundabout way of expressing itself is is a major theme in this show because um, there are cryptograms, riddles, ciphers embedded throughout the whole show that sort of foreshadow and tease. So at the end of every episode, there is just like a couple of frames with. Some weird image. It looks like a random barrage of letters and numbers, and they don't, like, they will tell you what cipher tool to use to translate it, but the way they tell you is backwards in the theme song at the end. (laughs) It's it's really complicated. And... The the notes are, like, they're foreshadowing, almost. They don't spoil it. But they almost tell you nothing. Yeah. They like it's an obvious in retrospect kind of thing. Yeah. Um that I imagine would be fun to play along with if you had more time than I than I did. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm like, no, 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 give give me more of the good stuff. Yeah. Just let me watch I want the show. Your old man growls. <laughs> oh god. How many times did he have indigestion? 
I, I think it was and, once an episode. <laughs> Wasn't that his catchphrase? Just audible indigestion. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, and it, it it works very well as a theme because the show is about this town called Gravity Falls in Oregon. Mm-hmm. As we all know, the spookiest state. By far. Um, Delaware, close second. Pennsylvania. <laughs> Spooky? There's just horses and That's where the vampires people. are kept. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> go go, Penn State vampires. That'd be the best mascot. <laughs> you just get to bite people in the neck. There's a lot of... Um, Would that be in the theme song? Like the, oh, yeah. The fight in the fight in vampires? <laughs> bite them in the neck. And then you Convert bite. them to the realm of the undead. <laughs> they have a lot of sports teams that are like the devils, but they don't have the Satans. Yeah, like you can say the devil all you want, but as soon as you say his name, everybody gets scared for some reason. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is a weird Voldemort. Oh, line. devils is good, but Lucifer's is bad. Yeah, T- no. come on, where's the line? The six six sixes. It's just too cumbersome to say. <laughs> you can't really go Sixers. Get... No, there's too many of those. Too many numbered... aren't the Sixers in Pennsylvania? Too many numbered teams. Yeah, it's like you're a you're a number. <laughs> We're number cool. one. Like if you... <laughs> oh god, don't don't bring him into this. Um, so the show is set in Gravity Falls, a town which is heavily implied to be, and then explicitly revealed to be, a weirdness magnet. Yeah, they, um, they don't go into it too much, yeah. but it's just weird. Yeah, so you know, weak spot between dimensions. We've seen this kind of thing before in other media. It's just done really well here. Um, and so you have all the hallmarks of something like in Buffy, where the townspeople don't really notice or care that strange Just shit's afoot. Right over their head. <laughs> um, and so we are exposed to it as newcomers through the eyes of these twin siblings, uh, Dipper and Mabel Pines, who are sent to go live with their great uncle, or grunkle, Stan, who is it took a, me a really long time to get that. Really? <laughs> way, way too long. I would have, if not for the fact that in a high school drama club, my nickname was Drunkle Z for Drunk Uncle. Ah. Because they said, like, you know, you're a real role model for us, but you're not, like, the team dad or mom. <laughs> no, you're the role model we want but don't deserve. <laughs> <laughs> that we should not follow. Yes. But can. Um. Yeah, so they, they live with Grunkle Stan, who is a con man. By, tr- by trade. <laughs> right. His entire life. He runs the Mystery Shack. Um, and I love the the fact that in the theme song and in the episodes themselves, the S falls off and it becomes Mystery Hack, which is a description of what he is. It's perfect. It's foreshadowing that's not foreshadowing. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a classic case of undertones becoming overtones. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so when... Did you, you started right at the beginning, right? You, yes. You went out and saw it. You didn't wait for it to come on on the TV. No, I, th- I think by the time I started watching it, it had actually ended, which I didn't know. Okay. So, like, when I finished it, I was like, can't wait for the next season. And I'm like, <laughs> when's that coming out? Oh, no. And it was just immediate despair. <laughs> See, this is why I generally just, aside from cartoons, I just watch um, Survivor. Because it will never end. <laughs> it No, it won't. Um, it's up to you to end it, Zane. <laughs> I'm going to go on and I'm going to destroy it. You won the million dollars. What are you going to do? I'm going to tear this down. <laughs> From the inside. Just give it back to them like we're done here. Um, Is that how you defeat Survivor? Yes. You, you don't accept the prize after winning? <laughs> yeah, Probe's head just explodes. Just like, but, 
But you won. <laughs> you're the you're the sole survivor. <laughs> Don't understand. You're uh, gonna tear us apart. <laughs> Doctor, see, here's the thing: in the Gravity Falls universe, that would tear him apart. <laughs> like he would be yeah. this, like he would be this entity that cannot withstand from, not from the game show dimension. <laughs> who is like programming gets thwarted. Yeah, it's it's a syntax error in his brain. Once you've handed him back the money, so at what point? Because it's not immediately obvious. You know, they they say, "Oh, it's the town. It's weird." At what point in your watching it did you realize it's it's weirder than that and the themes start to influence like the way that the show looks? Probably the first real plot moving point, which happens in the very first episode. And then they don't touch on it until way later. Okay, the um, vending machine? Yeah, at okay. the very end of the first episode. You're yeah, like, so this okay, is not a spoiler, so, this is the first episode. Yeah, so it's... it's Weird, because, like, the whole first episode is giant gnome monster punching them. Right. And then, like, okay, that's pretty weird. I, c- I could see the show being episodic. And then, right at the end, here's a major plot point. Right. And then the plot yeah. point is, uh, Grunkle Stan knows something. He, he, like, punches a code in the vending machine and goes down into a secret sub-basement. And that's all, that's all we know. That's all we're told for a while. For a very long time. And you get the sense that he's kind of aware of everything that's going on. But that's the only time uh, for a long time that they even go into him knowing anything or caring at all. Right. He he claims to be a skeptic. So there there's these layers to this show that are great, but you can also just watch an episode. And there are these nice subversions of classic monster-like stories. It's like, oh, we're going to go find the equivalent of the Loch Ness Monster. Yeah. It's like, well, we didn't find it, but we found a giant robot that looks like it. Yeah, made by some crazy hillbilly. And that comes back. And that comes back <laughs> with a vengeance. Did you? <laughs> I, I found a clip online of um, John Stewart of The Daily Show saying like, uh, saying to a guest that he was interviewing, like, I don't, come on, I don't watch cartoons. I'm, a, I'm a grown man, but you know, Gravity Falls is really good. It's got these plot arcs. It's really intersecting. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's, that's got to be pretty good. What's the 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 D and D episode? The episode I found the most reference. Oh, oh, uh, Dungeons, Dungeons, and more, <laughs> more Dungeons. Dungeons. Sand references itself. <laughs> the, what show were they watching? Duck Detective. Yeah, Duck Detective. It's like a children's show he goes into this rant about it's a really good show it's a children's show but it has a lot of mystery points and humor that goes way over children's heads yeah. and i always enjoy it. i love any show where they clearly know what they're trying to do and they're doing it well and then they just go overboard referencing themselves right um so in terms of the way that each episode is sort of situated in the first episode we have dipper um, who is so they're, they're these 12 year old kids they're twins and Dipper um, is very curious about the weird goings on you know he's he's not a, he's a weird kid he doesn't really fit in but he is very interested in these mysteries and so in the first episode he finds this journal um, with full of weird stuff it's a like, journal with a big number three on the front with a six fingered hand plastered like, on it and in like just, gold or something and it's hidden like he like he knocks a tree branch and it opens up a, a like a vault in the ground containing nothing but the book covered in cobwebs yeah so it's like a 30 second sequence that just asks 
a million questions. <laughs> yes. Um, and so what happens is he discovers thing after thing, and oh, the author of the journal understood that weirdness was happening, and he says, oh, well, what happens? You know, what did he have to say about gnomes or or the undead? Mm-hmm. Um, and he starts adding his own little notes. So in the first episode, it it says, oh, these are gnomes. This is where they live. This is what they do. Weaknesses, blank. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's blank. So he has to find it and fill it in. And you're like, oh, he's gonna he's gonna be junior monster detective. Yes, in a kind of a very episodic way. Turns out the weakness is leaf blowers. Yeah, because they're, yeah. they're yeah. small. Yeah, and apparently those tiny plastic rings that hold six-packs together. Oh, because they get their head caught one. <laughs> I love it. The gnomes keep coming back, and I love them. There's um, it's just in the background doing weird gnome there stuff. Was, there was one time where the, the gnome is just bathing in a bathtub filled with squirrels, and they're just <laughs> circling around. And the kids uh, uh, find him... And he's like, "Oh, oh, my, uh, this is this is a normal thing. All gnomes do this." <laughs> oh, it makes me wish they touched back on that. Yeah, <laughs> squirrel bands. The, the drug deal for um, for pixie dust or something, right? Um, they get away with a lot in this show. Oh, they do. <laughs> it's... Um, and Dipper, Dipper is voiced by Jason Ritter. Who apparently could not be trusted with any of the spoilers because <laughs> he oh, just God. couldn't stop laughing about them. Oh, they told him as little as they could to like get the right response <laughs> out of him. Here's what you have to say. Now, now go. Right. And he he's standing in for the audience and asking questions. But more fun to watch a lot of the time, I think, is his sister Mabel. She's she's what every adult woman now identifies herself as a twelve year old. Yeah, like, like kooky and weird and proud of it. Yeah, sweaters in an in an unabashed way that you wish you had been. Yes, that every girl will claim to have been when they were a child. What, what was your experience? <laughs> what was your first inclination that Mabel's going to be the best character? Although maybe you don't think that Mabel's the best character. In which case, why I, are you wrong? I don't. Well, uh, only because I like one character more. Oh, but I I will say that. I, I thought Mabel was going to get annoying when I was first watching the show, just like I thought uh, Seuss was going to tr- like be mm-hmm. kind of a lame comic relief. Yeah, like, oh, um, we've seen these characters before. Yeah, but again, they're done s- just so much more subtly that the humor is just way more, I don't know, almost realistic. Mm-hmm. Like, if I don't see it coming... It'll always make me laugh. I mean, and I she, never saw Mabel coming. <laughs> it's out of left field every time. She spoke like a real person, right? So, Well, as, as much as... I, I forget the... Like, uh, she was wacky actress, about it. I forget the actress's uh, name, but... Kristen, Kristen Schaal. Yeah, as much as as much as much she can talk normally. She, she she's gone on record as saying that of all the characters she's done, Mabel is the closest to her actual personality. I can believe that just by looking at her. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah, that makes sense. She looks... Straight um, out of an 80s cardio video. Alex with a 12-year-old girl. <laughs> Somehow. Yeah. Creator Alex Hirsch said that um, if he couldn't get Kristen Schaal to play Mabel, the the whole thing was pretty much off. <laughs> like, yeah. he couldn't, couldn't go ahead with it. Um, so what do you think about their relationship, the the main one? Because we, we follow them both. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, we've seen sibling relationships before in a lot of cartoons. This one's a little different. Uh 
Uh, I mean, they are twins. So, sibling relationships, I, I, you see them a lot. Twin relationships, a little bit less, but it's still not uncommon. Well, you have a twin. I have a twin. So, is this true to form? It is. When you're 12 you guys years, go off on mysteries? <laughs> when you're 12 years old, we didn't have mysteries to go off on, but... We did everything together. <laughs> there were like, squirrel bathtub bathtubs up to here. Yeah, everywhere. We tried one once. It was bitey. Yeah, it wasn't. Well, you got to bite back. Yeah, you do that, and then it just becomes a bloodbath. I believe it was the wise philosopher Nietzsche who once said, "Beat them with their own kind." Fine Latin terms. <laughs> German. What? 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 That's what the Latin say, right? Beat them with their own kind? Yeah. At, the Latin at, say a lot. <laughs> et pluribus et unum. Yes. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I would say pretty pretty real-to-life relationship between some They some get twins. on each other's nerves, but they always clearly care about each other. Which yeah. is refreshing. Can confirm. Y- yes. <laughs> yes. Can. It's like... Yes, we can. Normal family? But they don't get as mad, mm. I guess. But it is very, I don't know, it makes a lot of sense. It, it's, it is definitely kind of like an outward perspective on twins, but it's more accurate than I've seen a lot of things. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I really enjoyed watching Mabel just because you never know what she's going to say. And her dialogue was always fantastic. It's so good. <laughs> But it was weird, it. like, you never, you always know Dipper is going to find the mystery, analyze it, try and figure out how to beat it. Mabel's role in that is... It's chaos. It's far <laughs> more variable. It, it's a randomness factor. She yeah. might help, she might hurt, but she's going to be there. What are some, like, specific episodes that you can remember where, you know, she, she just threw a curveball in? Uh, threw a curveball... Um, drawing a drawing a bit of a blank, trying to think of specific. I can think of uh, was it the sock puppet episode? Oh yeah, where Dipper gets possessed. Dipper gets possessed by a character we haven't mentioned yet, Bill. Bill Cipher. Bill Cipher. We'll talk on him in just a minute. <laughs> yeah, but Dipper gets possessed. Mabel's running a sock puppet show mm-hmm. for. This man who she's just enthralled with, which is a common theme. He's he's fifteen. I, I usually it? hate it when girls in cartoons like love boys, <laughs> but this is very like <laughs> every boy. She clearly just you know is a kid who wants to be an adult. She's she just wants her summer romance in that way. Yeah, in the exactly. I mean, she doesn't want to grow up, but she wants the trappings of being cool. Yeah, I mean, it's every little girl steals her mom's mystery novels. I assume about. I don't know. Harley I can Quinn. only pursue Harlequin romance. Harley, yes, <laughs> exactly. Uh, so Dipper gets possessed, and then Mabel's just way too busy trying to put on the best puppet show for this guy who's just a weirdly too enthusiastic puppet enthusiast. <laughs> all, all the male interests are they're terrible, just, <laughs> <laughs> uniformly it's terrible. Just, it's just so bad. It's, I forget why she's enthralled with him. He's she like likes voice, I think he's voiced by one of like the Backstreet Boys or something. It's Great. it's just that. <laughs> um, but she just like is so unwilling to help until the last minute because it has to be the best puppet show yeah. or he won't like her. And the way that that um, the way that that occurs in the episode is where you know she is forced. 
through a really bizarre series of circumstances, she's always forced to make the decision of like, do the thing that you really wanted to do and we're going to do, or be good to your sibling. And they do that quite a bit. <laughs> and it goes back and forth a lot. It does. Too. They keep the stakes high. The stakes are usually pretty high. Like, they don't come out and say it, but death is usually on the line. Right. Um, which, I don't know, it gives some kind of suspense to it. Like, or in the case of the first episode, it's like, you have to marry every gnome in the forest forever. <laughs> and then it's just, what? <laughs> Why gnomes need a wife? Why a thousand gnomes need one wife? Is hey, it? Man, you don't mess with them. <laughs> All right, we had this conversation with the Smurfs. Is it? Are they mammals? Are they insects? Is there I, like a hive queen? They have a hive mind. It's pretty apparent. That's true. Schmebulok probably is outside of the hive mind. God damn it, Schmebulok. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I yeah. guess <laughs> it's it's. So there's a lot of great moments in any given episode. Uh, aside from the dominant plot arcs, the actual stakes or scenario of any given episode escapes me to a degree. It's kind of it's it's a good mixture of episodic with plot episodes. Also, yeah, I, I, I find a lot of shows don't do it as well as Gravity Falls mm-hmm. did. What I really like about it is you don't necessarily know which ones will be. Which yeah. one will contribute to the plot arc in a major way until maybe the end of the episode? Yeah, it's it's really hard, mm-hmm. which I really like. Mm-hmm. It's a show that you can rewatch passively, and it's fabulous yeah. because it's episodic. It's it's almost like Ed and Eddie, where each episode individually is kind of meaningless and separated <laughs> from itself. Um, probably except the time traveling episode where Waddles comes in. It wasn't really a plot-moving episode, but then you get Waddles. The pig. Now now there's a pig. Now there's time travel elements. Now there's... uh, Time Baby. Now there's Time Baby. All these things are like cute one-offs that come back in major ways. Yes. Um, So, for the first, you know, season and a half, the big thing is, you know, Dipper found the journal that has a big three on it. Who has the other two? Or where are they? Who is the author? This this central mystery. And all we really know for sure is that Stan, their grunkle, knows something about it. It's just not telling them. Not telling them. Not even admitting that he knows. They don't know. We do. Um, there, for, Some of the ciphers even say, you know, Stan is not what he seems. Um, and, good, great stuff like that. And there's a lot of... Well, I guess one thing that's kind of... I. I looked over for the most part with Dipper never showed him the journal for yeah. a long time. Yeah. Um, and for good reason, you find out. You you forget that he never showed it to him. You assume that he kind of knew Stan about it. thought it wasn't important, but really it just never came up. Yeah. Um, what do you think of, of the character of Grunkle Stan? I think he's the best example of everybody's deadbeat uncle. <laughs> he's just older. Yeah. And it's like he's getting a little tired, but he still loves money. He loves he loves money. He, he is a fabulous money. con man. This is, you know, you referenced Ed, Ed and Eddie. This is Eddie after he's gotten more experienced. Yes. With a with a poobah hat. Yeah, the little fez. <laughs> Fake eyeball or eye patch. Yeah, which he moves around. Yeah, it's it's totally irrelevant. 
He's like, got all. Why the... would he have glasses if he had one eye? He's he got puts all it the over trappings. the glasses. Why wouldn't he just have a monocle? He's got all the trappings of a con man who does not hold his marks in any sort of regard <laughs> because they're all idiots. Every yeah, they... like we said, these people live in a town of mysteries, and they always go to his you know museum, and they're like, "Oh, look at this fish sewn onto a chimp. And what they... could it mean?" And they, they believe it. And they come back and give him money. And they come back again. It's not just a tourist trap. People from the town come there to see just weird stuff. I love any montage of him, like, going through and making exhibits where he's like, what is it? He, like, staples a rock to a bear statue. Bear rock. When will it end? The rock that looks like a face. Is it a face or is it a rock? I think it's a metaphor. (laughs) Um... No, Grunkle Stan is great. He's got the same sort of vocal tick and cadence as, uh, like, Rick from Rick and Morty. Yeah. Um, Um, He's... Like, the creators of of that show, you know, they they clearly like each other, this show and that show. Yeah. Hey, though, I forget his name, but the voice actor from Rick and Morty, who does Rick and Morty, is in the show. (laughs) As the time traveler. Okay, so every... Everyone who ever, like... Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be a voice actor in this one episode of this. Te- they're all in this one. Every single one. I made a partial list. A partial list. We we got Neil deGrasse Tyson. Oh God! Whenever he shows up <laughs> in his finest cameo since Zoolander two. Oh Jesus! Don't even bring up that movie. <laughs> I'm still mad. We got Nick Offerman. Mm-hmm. Um, Weird Al in the Dungeons and Dragons parody one. <laughs> Probabilitor. We have John Stewart, who is playing a a cat judge, a cat judge with a Texan accent, <laughs> and like I didn't realize it was John Stewart, but listening back, it's just oh, that's the worst <laughs> Texan, Texan accent I've ever heard. That must be John Stewart. <laughs> um, and my favorite one, Louis C.K. Oh, as God. the horrifying, sweaty, one-armed monstrosity. <laughs> that is <laughs> whose lines consist of "Hey, you get, get in my mouth, get, get in my mouth." You're being rude. You're not even listening to me. I just, I really think that you're going to like it in my mouth. Anybody want to get in my mouth? I'm a big hungry monster. I'm a big hungry monster here. and would really appreciate it if someone, you ma'am, you ma'am, how would you like to get in my... Anybody, hello? Hey, hey, sir, sir. Yeah, false alarm. It's just a bird. Not one person, not one person is gotten in my mouth <laughs> and my favorite part was after that episode you see the credits and it's literally just the huge sweaty one-armed face monster louis ck <laughs> <laughs> it's it's pretty perfect and every episode has the little extra joke at the end um sometimes it's it's plot relevant most of the times it's, it's you know a gnome throwing up rainbows for a solid 30 seconds straight yeah, really good uh there's a couple of other minor characters who inhabit and are employed at the Mystery Shack. Uh, you mentioned Seuss, who is sort of yeah. this handyman who follows the kids around and helps them. And then there's Wendy, who serves as an older love interest. How did how did you what did you think of these characters? Uh, Seuss, I originally thought was going to be annoying, uh, like straight up comic relief that isn't that great. Yeah, uh, couldn't be more wrong. <laughs> he really uh, picks up personality. <laughs> He is the the perfect mix of somebody who's trying to use hip lingo well, uses it not well, and it turns out okay. There's something about the lovable loser 
who just keeps trying. And they throw him just enough bones where I'm I'm hopeful that oh this episode he's gonna be useful. <laughs> so good. He does get he's just nice pizza. to have a, he gets infinite pizza. He's nice to have around. Yes. I I always seem to chuckle whenever he would just say some random hip term that I even I've never heard of. Um that he's known for long enough, like it's gone out of fashion mm-hmm. long enough for him to pick it up and him to be hip again. Yeah. And uh, what was I? I was watching something with Alex Hirsch, and he was talking about Seuss. And he said Seuss was basically just his roommate in college, who was just like unlucky, kind of a loser, always used this random hip lingo that he seemed to make up, <laughs> like right on the spot, and was just loved. <laughs> but the, just the nicest guy. Yeah. A lot of the characters were based off of people he knew. You know, he himself is a twin, has a has a twin sister. Mm-hmm. Um, Who he said he based Mabel off of. To a degree. Um, yeah, so, you know, it's weird because he clearly has a lot of experiences that he's bringing to the show. But it's such a weird show that that's not what you would expect. Yeah, it doesn't feel like somebody's trying to put their life in a cartoon. It feels like the characters have their own lives. Yeah, you can't really... This is one of those shows where the characters' personalities are well-defined enough that you can't see them doing something they wouldn't want to do. Yeah, you never... You know, writers talk about that dilemma. Like, I want this character... I need this character plot-wise to do this, but they just never would. Yeah, you never... At least I didn't feel like a character was doing something they wouldn't do. Mm -hmm. So, like, for example, the the Wendy-Dipper relationship. So Dipper has a crush on Mm -hmm. this older girl who's really cool and awesome... Um, Lumberjack, Axeman. Oh, she's so cool. (laughs) (laughs) Always has an axe. Like, yeah, my dad taught me how to be like the world's greatest lumberjack. (laughs) Clemetry. But also, but also, I like all the cool music, and you know, I'm really hip and fit, and all. Like, this is this is. And she's 15. Alex Hirsch had some. He had some weird. (laughs) Had had some crushes growing up that he needed to work through. He needed to to push them onto his fictional character, right? Just to see it go through in some kind of happy conclusion and you i love this relationship because you know that it can't ever amount to anything even though they're only uh it's three they're only three years apart so he's 12 and she's 15 but that's so not cool when you're that yeah okay this is the transformers defense right (laughs) (laughs) Um, but you can tell you know that you know wendy would never go for it and so anytime that she does you know like Oh shit! This is probably mind control. It's more likely that this is mind control or like demon possession or something than it is this character acting in a way contrary to what they've been doing. And Diver's so aware of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, he, he, he knows like out. like he wants nothing more than for this to happen. But if it's <laughs> happening, oh something's not right here. <laughs> there is no way that I'm cool enough for this to be happening right now. <laughs> is this a hologram? What is this? <laughs> Stupid holograms. Um. But I do like their relationship. Um, you know, they they tease, will they or won't they? And like they they can't. They can't. This is a kids show. It doesn't mean you can't ship it. Yeah, a lot, uncomfortably so. And he gets some other love, love interests. Um, uh, like one episode. What was, it? It, uh, God, what was their name? Pacifica Northwest. God, it's so good. <laughs> Sometimes they stop trying just right, just, just the right en- amount, just enough. Pacifica Northwest. So Whose father is voiced by Nathan Fillion. Add that perfect. to the list. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she's just a rich girl who's also 
really bitchy. Mm-hmm. And she has her own little development arc. Yeah, they they actually do a pretty good job of developing each character that you each, actually each minor kind of townsperson. I have not seen a populace so well defined in terms of like personality quirks or or just physical appearance, so that you know who they are, what they sound like, what their name is, what their deal is. I haven't seen something this good about that since like The Simpsons. Yeah, where you're like, well, they oh, just... Bumblebee Man's in 800 episodes? No way. <laughs> They just had so many episodes that they could do it. Whereas I feel like Gravity Falls, they just they deliberately went out of some plot's way yeah. to like learn more about Toby. <laughs> Toby determined. Great name. <laughs> I always forget his last name. Or that uh that like biker in short shorts who just keeps saying, Get it, get it And he only shows up for like three episodes but he's then in after so while, many episodes actually if you look you, almost every other episode it's at least one scene of him just going get him get him <laughs> and i i haven't been able to stop saying it since i love the minor characters they're all oh, pool check man <laughs> like the the big lifeguard guy oh god does he eat a whistle hole there's this not hole he actually crunches it just characters who take themselves too seriously <laughs> And characters that take themselves not seriously at all. Like, right. Like Toby. Should. Like Toby determined. <laughs> he wants to be serious, but even he can't bring himself to do it. Uh, there is one other major character I want to talk about. Your favorite. Uh, Bill Cipher. Bill Cipher. What a, what a great name to say. Yeah. Um, I don't, I, you, you haven't listened to the, oh, any of our episodes that we may have mentioned him. Uh, Shaolin Showdown had a character, Jack Spicer. It's got the same cadence. It does. It's just the best Ooh. name ever. It just it doesn't roll off the tongue. Yeah. But it sounds good. And so Bill Cipher is the embodiment of all this weirdness. And he has a couple one-offs, and he he has his own major arc that we won't spoil because it's amazing. Mm-hmm. But to tell tell us a little bit about Bill and what he's why he's so compelling. So Bill Cipher is just. I don't know, it's hard to call him, like, a person. He's more of a force of nature. Yeah. Uh, he's but not, one, not like our nature. So he's... Like one of those moons where it's always <laughs> freezing, like, sulfur. The sulfur rain? Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like... But that's something Bill would actually really enjoy. <laughs> I'm so. king of the sulfur rain. He's, uh... He's a triangle. He's, he's, <laughs> ju- he's just, a. <laughs> this character's a triangle. He is, uh... He's not square. He is triangle. He has a nice... He knows how to dress. Bow tie? Bow tie. Top hat. Cane. Top hat. Looks good for a triangle. One eye. Goddamn um, top of the pyramid from the back of the dollar bill. That's it, why that's how he got his, his first name. <laughs> like, you could not design a stupider character that ends up being so cool. He's, so he's clearly Illuminati. Yeah. Like, some kind of strong reference to the Illuminati being based off of him somehow. Yeah. Um... And he's just kind of in everyone's way while feigning friendship. Yeah, yeah. So his... Like, I knew the devil would be handsome kind of thing. Yeah. So his, his big thing is that he can't really do anything unless you make a deal with him. Yeah. And, like, once you make a deal with him, it's the same as all other, like, verbal agreements in any kind of story. It's... Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's to... It, yeah, Monkey's it's, Yep, yeah, it's to the T. Whatever, whatever you're wishing to do, um, 
I guess the, the big obvious one is the the Dipper. He's the, the one who possessed the Dipper. Yes, right. And the whole deal was Bill would help him uh, move the plot, basically. Yeah, crack some codes, um, etc. Uh, but all he wanted in return was a puppet from the shelf. Yeah, or yeah, just or a, a, a puppet. A puppet. And he pointed to a shelf, and as soon as he shakes his hand, it's like he chooses Dipper as the puppet, rips his soul or whatever <laughs> out of his body, and then just goes into it. And there you have Bill Cipher enjoying physical form again, enjoying pain. Falling Think, downstairs. Thinks it's hilarious. It's pretty funny if you don't have to live it. I love this, you know, the Faustian bargain aspect with something that's not a demonic character. Like, he's yeah. so goofy looking. He's he's goofy? But he, also terrifying. He's goofy? He's a classic chaotic evil. Uh-huh. He doesn't even know what he's going to do in the next, like, 12 seconds. I think the first time you see him, he stops time, rips all the teeth out of a deer's mouth, offers them... And it just puts them back. back. (laughs) There you go, deer teeth. Take them to the bank. (laughs) That's so weird. Which is another huge point of his character. He's weird. And he likes weird. Yeah, weird's good. Weird is good. As they kind of develop his character more, you you realize he's after something, Mm. but he needs help to do it. Yeah. But you don't know what he's after. And the way he asks for help, he doesn't ask what he wants right he always offers to help them first and never and never explains what he's going to do for someone else Mm -hmm. um and and bill is one of the several characters who you know you know somebody is going to be a major villain in the ending plot arc you don't know who it is is it going to be little gideon the child psychic who controlled the giant robot and Yep. You know, that sort of thing. And then you finally find out where the grappling hook was going from episode one. <laughs> I from, they tease you. They make they wait just long enough until you forget stuff, and then they bring it back, and it's so satisfying. <laughs> um, is it going to be a society which can drain memories? Is it going to be one of the other 50 weird... <laughs> Random weird things that they, he They finds. keep you guessing. It's great. Um, are you familiar with the podcast uh, Welcome to Night Vale? No. This is this show is basically a kid-friendly Night Vale. Okay. Um, Night Vale, the idea is it's it's just radio broadcasts from this town where every conspiracy tr- theory is true. <laughs> um, and the voice of it, um, he's like the reporter of this strange town. Um, he has a bit part in Gravity Falls as Tad Strange. They say, like, everyone in Gravity Falls is a Tad Strange. Well, except, of course, for Tad Strange. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> so good. What a good joke. I can never remember any of his lines because they're just too <laughs> normal. Like, there's there's no particularly, like, standing out noun or verb in any of his sentences. It's just, This show's just such a joy to sit back and watch or engage fully with. Yeah. Like, you can it's, do both. It's pretty easy to do both. Like, you'll get more out of it if you sit there and watch it, mm-hmm. like, carefully. You'll pick up on stuff. They drop a lot of hints if you're looking carefully. Um, but again, it's, I turn it on all the time just as a, a background show. But you'll, like, I don't know, like, I'll be on my computer and it'll be on the TV and I'll just look over and 
every without fail, something funny is happening every time I look over, and it just makes me giggle. The first time that I actually saw the show, like on a screen, was at the laundromat, <laughs> and just some random episode in the middle. I had no context for anything. I didn't know what was going on. I'm just doing my laundry, and I couldn't look away. <laughs> I'm like, all right, maybe maybe there's something to this show. Let's take a look at it. Um, Can you remember which episode it was in hindsight? I can't really remember what was going on. It may have been the first one, which, you know, happy day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> didn't spoil true. didn't spoil things for me. I mean, I guess. I, getting back to the idea of who's going to be the big, the big evil thing at mm-hmm. the end, that you can see it at the end of every episode. It blinks. You see it at the end of every title or uh, theme sequence. You're like, what is that? Like, the first couple times I saw it, I was like, was that there? Did I make that up? (laughs) Makes you question it. It was like, that was probably me. And then by, like, the fifth episode, you're like, no, they're putting that in every episode. They're they're up to something. Um, I love it because in the final plot arc, and the theme song changes to become this unholy menagerie of, like, bone melting sounds panic chords and all these other things they, they throw you off and then the entire title sequence changes whole title like sequence. slightly yeah just enough <laughs> giant tree trunks giant feet yeah like instead of a waterfall flowing down it's a blood waterfall flowing, flowing up. up into some black portal to nowhere that's so good so what did what did you think of the of the main theme music like the actual main theme Oh, I, I loved it. I got It gets stuck in your head pretty easily. It's a whistly little jaunty tune. Yeah, it's nothing. It's no like Power Rangers theme song. <laughs> nothing, nothing is just remembered forever. Um, but it's great. It it kind of sets the the background theme of the show. I feel where it's like a little eerie, mm-hmm. but enough to just pique your interest. Yeah, without without you know frightening anybody without just being too and weird. The, the cinematic of it you know looking around at these different places in gravity falls oh you know it's the billboard it's the giant lumberjack statue and then you know zoom in to look at any of the characters oh, he's exploring a cave then there's a skeleton okay yeah. so there's a campfire and it flares up and there's some giant vampire bat behind all of them <laughs> it's i it's telling yeah like you I think the theme uh, theme does a good job of informing you what you're about to watch. Yeah. It it does a good job, like you said, of setting the tone of things, and within the episodes itself, it really keys you into the emotional aspect of, of a moment. Mm-hmm. There there are some jump scare kind of things, you know, where oh, you open a door and some messed up is there. Something, you know, dead space even. Yeah, dead just, space. Just like, <laughs> this thing is made of bone and and that's that's it. You will get the unsettling music in like the horror movie, don't go in there kind of feel, and then it'll it'll hit you all at once. Every time. It, it's just so, you know, effectively made, this show. And I've, I've never been a tremendous fan of Disney shows. Yeah. I was always a Nickelodeon Cartoon Network kid. Mm-hmm. Um... But they they put their time, energy, and probably money into this show to make sure it was really well done. Yeah. Um, which well, I could appreciate. 
So, you know, a, a similar type of show, Adventure Time, which ran mm-hmm. on Cartoon Network, um, you know, that I think is a more mainstream show. What, what are some, like, key differences there? Why do we enjoy Gravity Falls more? Uh, I think I would say I enjoy Gravity Falls more just because it's a lot heavier on plot. Mm-hmm. It's There's a lot less kind of filler. Not to say that Adventure Time is mostly filler or anything like that, but you can just, you feel that there's more going on. Yeah. Um, I like the characters a little bit better. I think um, another good point is it's just, it's not too weird. Whereas Adventure Time can get too weird. It follows its own rules in a way that you yeah. know you know that the resolution is not going to be some deus ex machina. It's going to be something that they established ten episodes ago, but, yeah. you know, they have. Yeah. Um, whereas I think in Adventure Time, a lot of what you see is, like you said, it's a, it's a they're already in a fantasy realm. Yeah, they're in... I, I think Gravity Falls is just more upfront about what it's about. Yeah, and you know Adventure Time is going to be weird. Like yes. Getting into <laughs> getting yes, just immediately getting into it. Okay, this is going to be weird, but I think they just take too long to get to any plot points. I don't even know if the show is originally going to have plot points. Mm-hmm. Almost just because there's so few and far between. Whereas Gravity Falls, like they're few and far between, but again, there's only like forty four episodes. How far can they be apart? Yeah, I mean, there's there's plot points. But there's also character points. There's desire. Like, you know, you talk about a character, you talk about what they, who they are, what they want, what they do. You know, those, those different points. Mm-hmm. And those are developed at the same pace but spaced differently than the plot ones. So yes. it, it builds, even, even the episodes that aren't plot important. They're, like, they're build, character important. They, they build, they build the, the feeling and they contribute to the climax, I yeah. think. I think every episode somehow builds some kind of foundation, be it plot foundation, character foundation. It's building up to something. Um, you're never aware of it, really. Yeah. But you're you know more about a character than you did before. You know more about what's going on in Gravity Falls than you did before. What What other shows would you say it's like? Um, the first knee jerk reaction would be. Uh, Supernatural or Buffy. Yeah. Something where it's just, it's got weird episodic points where it's just like, hey, this is a weird monster. Um, <laughs> instead of killing it, like in Buffy or um, Supernatural, it's, they will just want to learn more about it or not die from it. Right. And obviously it's a lot sillier. Definitely. Yeah. Um, maybe not from Buffy. Buffy <laughs> can be pretty silly, although it never really meant to be. Yeah. I definitely. Uh, it reminds me a lot of, of Rick and Morty. Um, I haven't seen Stranger Things yet, but I feel like it's a cartoon version-ish. Ish? Stranger Things is a lot more serious. That's what I, I feel like. At least Buffy and Supernatural, they have like some... They're serious and they have comedy points. Stranger Things is kind of just like... Like, the main theme gets you the whole thing. It's, <laughs> it's just like 80s seriousness, which you can laugh at because it's the 80s. God, the 80s. I hate that they're coming back. Oh, God, they are. It's the worst. <laughs> Why can't we bring the 70s back and get more disco? I don't know. <laughs> what kind of world would we live in? 
Can we just get the 50s back and have nice hairstyles? I saw a great mullet yesterday. A great mullet? It was a, a clarinetist with a great mullet. Oh, boy. <laughs> How great. On a scale from one to great, one being the greatest. Like, at no point did the hair exceed the width of his head. So that, like, points there. It was like yeah. nice, coiffed, coiffed, I don't know. <laughs> it's really good. His pompadour in the front, party in the back. Uh, pompadour all over. <laughs> Man was a poodle. Um, so this... Show, you, so you had access to this show through, um, you know, your Tumblr days. What was the fan response? Like, what did other people... Why was it so uh, uh, community-based, I guess? Uh, it... it I, people just really loved it. Mm-hmm. It kind of... It kept them hanging at the ends of their seats when they would stop for a while, like the like a mid season finale, and you wouldn't get any episodes until like a year later. Um, it kept people engaged, making fan theories about Bill, about Gravity Falls, about who the author of the journal was. Um, it kept the community really driven to try and figure it out with just subtle enough hints. That you could theoretically guess right. Yeah. And I think not only is, like, communities really good for that, uh, you know, like, Tumblr, Facebook, all these other social media outlets are really good for driving a community towards something like that. Yeah, building building what they don't tell you out of what they do tell you. Yeah. It's kind of, kind of like uh, what the Dark Souls community does. Yeah. Like... It's, you're just piecing bits together to find out a, an actual plot. I've seen some videos where they show you little tiny things in the background mm-hmm. and connect them to something that was in the background of another scene in somebody's memory. And like just, just like, yeah. okay, what, what, can, what are some possibilities here? Like, it's all there if, you're, if you know what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. But you'll never know what you're looking for, because it's it's so it's incredibly subtle, um, which is something I really liked about it. When I like finished the show and like went back at all the fan theories and watched all these little shorts with Alex Hirsch explaining, like, yeah, you could have known who the author of the journal was if you looked at this, this, and this. You probably could have pieced it together. Yeah, and you're yeah. like, really? You could have <laughs> you could have placed A, Z, and H together to get this. Like it's. <laughs> It was impossible for the intended audience of Gravity Falls to really put it together, but it was out there. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I mean, it's on, it was on Disney Channel. They were showing it to kids and whoever else was watching. Yeah, it seems like the kind of thing you grow up with. Yes. Um, now, they came, the, the journal, which has all of the, you know, arcane and mystical stuff in it, mm-hmm. kind of tabulated, they put that out as a physical book <laughs> yes tell, tell tell me about tell us about this book so i got i got it i read it it's yours now you read it tell us about this book <laughs> it's fantastic it's like every scene where you just wish dipper would hold the book open for longer and you just pause <laughs> it to read what the pages say like, no there's information here <laughs> it's like it's the same information and it's a lot of it's just goofiness and then a lot of it is yeah like goofiness like uh the scamp fire the scamp fire it's scamp fire that came to life the kill billy a lot of them are just like pun yeah, murder there are a lot of puns the 
the author was clearly a fan of puns. Yeah. Um, it was great. It's exactly what you want it to be. I mean, the show was canceled. It wasn't... It wasn't No, it wasn't canceled. It was ended early. Mm-hmm. Just because that's where it should have ended. I, but I, it just gives you that little bit more that you wanted. The way that they set things up with the journal made me think that the things that ended up happening in the second season could have happened in a third season. And we just could have had another season of like... Goofy, episodic we, we, stuff. Well, we learned enough to keep us... like. I feel like we learned a lot all at once in the second season that could have been spread out more. That is perhaps my only critique is that you could have gotten more show and more good show in the middle. Not the end. They ended it where it needed to, but in the middle. Yeah. No, I I can definitely see that. They could have, they could have gotten at least another season out of it. Just going more into weird stuff. Like not even with any more content, Mm -hmm. just spacing the content out more. Yeah. Um, which may have been a good idea, but I still think it makes for good rewatching because you're never bored. So much is happening. Yeah, you can you always pick up on more stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot more, a lot of Seuss lines <laughs> go really undetected, and it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> I think my favorite, like the the fair episode with the time travel. Okay, and the time traveling guy's trying to get onto a ride. And Seuss won't let him because he's got a tool belt. And the line, I just I watched the show like two, three times through, and uh, I just had it on one day, and I was I just heard Seuss's one line. It's like you got to take that tool belt off. One of tools might fly off and accidentally fix something. It's just <laughs> like the stuff you don't notice even when you're watching intently, mm-hmm. just because you're not expecting something funny to be said, right? And it just is. It's great, and the. Like, even a character like Seuss, who looks ridiculous, sounds ridiculous... Seems really simple on the outside. Total comic relief. Like, he gets his own tragic backstory. Yeah. Everyone does. (laughs) It's great. You get a tragic backstory. (laughs) And you get a tragic backstory. Everybody. Just gonna... uh, We already finished this character. We can fit a little pathos under the rug there. There we go. Yeah, it's good. How can we make it more sad? Perfect. Uh, any anything else? Any other things about this show? Um, uh, in terms of the the journal, the physical journal that came out, there is another one coming out. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a full thing. It's like on pre order. It's like a hundred and sixty dollars. <laughs> Jesus. It's a leather bound, metal clasped uh, third journal, and it's the whole thing. It's, it's, it's parchment paper pages. That's so good. <laughs> with black light ink, just like in the show, that you need to use a black light to see anything in it. It's so good. Um, I don't get they it. understand their audience. They do. <laughs> you can't fault them that. Because I'll drop 160 easy on that. <laughs> you need to stop spending that much. You need to stop spending money on like weird cryptography black light books. <laughs> I know. It's a real problem. People start to question you. Start your own mysteries. <laughs> I don't know any good mysteries. That's why you start them. But how do you start something you don't know? We've been over this. It is a mystery. Oh, no, you're going to have to make a deal with the devil. <laughs> um, What's another thing? Yeah. Uh, best side characters? Mm. Not like uh, Mabel or Wendy or any of them. Best like characters that appear once, maybe twice in the entire series? Yeah. Uh, God, what the hell is their name? The boy band. 
Oh, in in talent? No, that's goddamn it. That's um, that's from Pelswick. Um, several times. Several times. The the cloned boy band. <laughs> cloned boy band just running in wheels, so like gerbils. <laughs> 2013. <laughs> like after every. First. That's all he says. I just want to make out with a tree. So beautiful. <laughs> Never seen one. Was it when they get outside for the first time? What is that big orange thing in the sky? I'm gonna stare it down. <laughs> it's so hard to explain this as a cohesive show that works as well as it does. Um, listener, Ben, go watch it. You Sorry really for spoiling should. the ending. You're yeah. gonna love it anyway. Go it's, watch it's, it. It's not obvious, but it's. It's like 98% off. Come on. Don't you lie to me you and everyone else. You got to at that point. Uh, um, that's that's just about all I have. Without spoiling anything. That is fine. Um, do you have an internet presence that you would like people to flock to? Don't look me up on the internet. Good. Don't you, do you'll it. You'll find like two things. Neither good? No, both are pretty good. Just don't look me up on the internet. Yeah. Preserve anonymity. You didn't... Nothing to see here, folks. (laughs) Gravity Falls, totally normal town. (laughs) What do we say? (laughs) Don't talk about all that. (laughs) (laughs) Never mind all that. (laughs) And yeah, um, so in conclusion... Every conspiracy theory is true. What was it? By goal? Was it? uh, Reality is an illusion. The universe is a hologram. Bye, gold. Bye. (laughs)